Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thanks very much for joining us. On this episode, we're going to talk about kitting out offices and how that is changing. We're also going to hear from a Cork entrepreneur that'll help you get around the National Ploughing Championships. But first, we're going to talk about creating a home full of unique everyday items and perhaps tell their own story of a time gone by. My first guest is Brian Caffin, who has a love and an appreciation for antiques and unusual household pieces. And he's turned that passion into a business with the launch of the online shop, stlukes.ie. Brian, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. That's that's a really nice summary. Appreciate that. <laughs> Someone else wrote it for me. I won't take credit because I want to talk to you about where you get the name first of all, St. Luke's.ie. I'm presuming that has a geographical anchor, does it? Are spot on. Yeah, we we've always loved St. Luke's um and we do live in St. Luke's. Um I think that it's it's a really good match for the brand because obviously we're trying to help people bring really quirky cool european style into their home and mixing it with antiques and and i'm sure you're very familiar with saint luke's as well and it's it's really an area that's gentrifying as well so it's it's a respect of the historical value of the area while bringing a modern touch i have to say saint luke's was cool long before other places were it just had that feel to it and always did for some reason define an unusual household piece for me brian I mean, for, so I was born and raised in Paris and, and I've always been around a lot of homewares and, and a lot of old homes, uh, both sides of my family's very fortunate to um, live in um, farmhouses outside of Paris and one being um, one that was in the family for centuries because um, I think it was owned by the family from the 15th century. So really, really old and obviously that means a lot of um, antique pieces and a lot of buildings and a lot of furniture. So I've always had that attraction even as a child. And then what I'm trying to bring more into Ireland as well is just more European um, European homeware. I think that the offering in Ireland was still quite limited. Um, um, and and also to my personal taste as well, it's, it's much darker and a bit more textured than what I've been able to find in Ireland. So I'm just trying to bring a bit more diversity, I guess. I suppose trends are a killer um, because what happens is a trend will come in, people will buy things, probably spend a lot of money on them, trend goes out, stuff ends up in the skip. Are you looking for more timeless pieces? And how do you decide if something is timeless? That is so tough. I mean, uh, uh, building this business, obviously a big part of it was finding the stock, finding the inventory, but also what, did, who did we want to be as a brand and what 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 did we want to showcase? And I think there is a, a bit of a, a trap here into falling into the trends and just following the trends. I think that I want to try to offer what I personally love, which is much darker, that I've not seen before. So it's not necessarily a trend and I'm not potentially going to follow all the trends because that's going to be exhausting because I do want to be different from other people. And also I think that my target audience might be slightly different from you know the likes of Laura Ashley or all those homeware shops that are well known in Ireland um you know I'm trying to cater as well for maybe more of a um I don't say male audience but maybe there's that as well I think that um homeware does answer a lot more to a female audience um so with St. Luke's we're trying to be a bit more edgy as well 
It's about respect for stuff, isn't it? We don't really respect stuff anymore. We are more disposable in, in how we treat things. A vase is a vase until such time as it breaks and then we get rid of it. Whereas we should probably say, well, this is a nice vase and I'd like to give that to someone after I'm gone so that they look at that vase and say, oh, that's the vase that Brian gave me. Uh, wh- why do you think we've moved away from that? I don't know. I think I think COVID as well brought a lot out of us. And I think that there was that urge of always shopping. I think it's that dopamine hit as well of shopping online. And and I think we got into that rhythm. And I think some brands got it when you see the likes of Sustrain going online and H&M Home going online as well, which I'm really not happy about, by the way, because this is really not bad for my really not good for my business. Um, but I think there is... Um, there is, yeah, that that's the homeware and that's clothes and that's fashion and that's trends, like you're saying. I think that with antiques, that's different. I, I do think that people that do buy a nice antique piece do have that understanding that this is this is an investment for some pieces, especially mm-hmm. furniture and and but it's also something that would bring soul to your home. And I think that potentially maybe some homeware doesn't do that, doesn't bring the soul to your home. Yeah. Um so by by mixing both, I think you're able to do that. It isn't your first foray into retail. You also had uh, a bow tie business, uh, which is somewhat unusual. And those bow ties turned up in all sorts of fancy places. Um, uh, any learnings from the bow tie business as you move into antiques? Customer service. Um, that's that's the big takeaway. Um, there's no brand, there's no business without customers. Um, and I think that I've always found going the extra mile made a massive difference for customers. Um I think anybody and and goes for customers, it goes for businesses, but people will always remember how you made them feel. Um, and I think that's such an important thing to carry with every every business, every initiative I've ever had. Um, just going that extra mile and and yeah, and we I did that a lot for bow ties. I remember selling bow ties and making bow. I, I was making everything myself and selling them for grooms, and then they would ring me an hour before the wedding because they didn't. They couldn't figure out how to tie it, and I had to drive all the way to the venue just to tie the bow ties. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. It was such a nice moment. And then, you know, they'd order again and they'd, they'd remember, they'd share. And, and that was important for me. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the clip on bow tie. I, I give it that much. It's probably not the same experience. Now, you, your website is, is really nice. Um, some lovely images that are up there. How much of an influence is your husband, Peter O'Toole, in, in bringing? That uh, that level of professional photography to the St. Luke's stuff well, outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a he's a designer, he's a photographer, as you know. Um, so it's definitely definitely handy. I I married the right person um to start a business. Um, the website is very much Peter. The logo is Peter as well. Um, the photography is Peter. So obviously, we're a very good partnership. Um, so it's been, it's it's a very good team. Um, and obviously he's, he's massive influence into into everything, into the styling as well. He's got a fantastic eye. He did study design as well. So um yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be St. Luke's without Peter O'Toole. Yeah. It's not all old stuff, you've new stuff on there as well, and it's definitely worth a visit. Sure. St. Luke's.ie is the website if you want to go and have a look at it. Brian Caffin, it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh so much. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. 
Wilson's architecture have been in the news a lot lately. They won awards for the design of Penrose Dock and the Dean Hotel, but that's not the only successful project that the Cork-based firm has been involved in. And one of the areas that Wilson specialise in is office interiors. With me now is their interior design principal, Fanula Lennon. Hi, Fanula, how are you? Hi, Jonathan. I'm great. Thanks very much for having me. It's lovely to talk to you. I'm very familiar with the latest nomination you have, which is the Logitech office in Mahan, because I had the opportunity to go out there recently and have a look at it. It is. It's breathtaking when you get inside there. It's all angles and breakout rooms and meetings. It, it doesn't feel like an office at all. And is that what people are looking for these days? So Logitech, oh, it was a great brief. Um, Logitech had... Uh, they're obviously an international company and they asked us to um, design their new offices in Mahan in Cork and it's a four-story building um, and I suppose their thing was that uh, it, it, worldwide they had told their employees after COVID or during COVID and after COVID that they didn't have to come into the office. So our challenge was to create a space that would attract people back into the office um, so it was important that the interiors were, you know, attractive, vibrant, um, and that provided different, uh, different uh, types of environments. So, you know, environments that would kind of stimulate people, but also environments that would provide a calmness where you could go and, you know, work quietly in quiet areas. There is actually a quiet room there where you can go in and it is peaceful and, and it's lovely. And, and the even the colour and the tone of the room is different to the rest of the building. So if you want to have a little yeah. moment of zen, you can yes. go in there. Now, I, 10 years ago, employers wouldn't have given you that in a million years. It just goes <laughs> to show you how much things have changed. Yes, yes. No, it, it, it's there's a, a science to it nearly. Um and I think uh, uh, companies now really need to um, give employees an environment that is going to make them want to come in. And, um, you know, they have worked in the comfort of home. So now we're trying to bring a little bit of that home homeliness to the office in, in some cases, like some offices want a more corporate environment, but some, you know, want to you know, want to provide that kind of, um, I suppose, domestic mm. kind of feel to it. But it's, you know, it still has an, it's still an office, but you have breakout areas that might feel like a living room and, um, you know, and, collaboration and, and spaces meeting rooms. Yeah, so many meeting flexible. rooms and, and you've got abilities to go into and make calls there. Anyway, you've been nominated for an SBID International Design Award for Logitech and Mahan. The other, uh, the other building that I've been into a lot, and I suppose it goes towards what people are looking for these days, the Penrose Dock building. And in the old days, the boss had the corner office, sat with his back to the view and everybody else kind of worked around and fumbled around in the darkness outside. All turned on its head now. Everyone is out at the windows looking out at the river. The boss is somewhere in the middle if he's, if he's not on the floor. It just shows yeah. you how quickly trends can change. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's much more of a casual atmosphere now. And um, I suppose um, there's, you know, much less office, uh, enclosed offices, much more open spaces. And like a lot of meetings are casual meetings. So you don't have to be in a room, you know, so you could be, you know, on a sofa or you could be at a kind of a high table with a high stool with six people around it in the office environment or in a corner of the office looking out the window, you know. And, um, you know, the, it also like we do lovely cafe or kind of uh, canteens that feel like cafes. And um, we always try to make the canteen feel um 
you know, it's a nice place to go and have your coffee, but you yeah. can have a casual meeting there as well. Exactly. You know? You're not being forced in there just because it's the only place with a coffee. You can actually stay exactly. there as well. I mean, this is bad news for Big Magnolia. Uh, it, it was the only colour painted on walls in office blocks for years. Uh, the yeah. the colour scheme has changed as well. Is there a fear, Fanula, and is there a worry that the lovely, vibrant colours, the purples, the pinks, the, the greens and the blues, in about five years' time, we're, we're going to look at them and go, Jesus, what are we thinking? Well, you know, I think a lot of the designs we do, we try to make them timeless. But, you know, a lot of these offices do get, uh, you know, renovated maybe five, six years. And it could be just a paint, paint colours, you know. So um, a lot of what we do is um, kind of for the long term. But there's things like that that you can, you know, keep keep regenerating them. Um, I think sustainability is something we think about um, and a lot of the designs are designed so that things don't have to change too much or they might be flexible, Mm. you know, and then, you know, over the years then you can add or take away. We use a lot of, um, you know, feature, we we do feature areas now with artwork. So in Logitech, you might have seen there was was beautiful illustrations by Steve Dugan and, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, based on the habitat of, of Ireland. They wanted like an Irish feel in certain places. And those kind of things are, are lovely, but they can be changed after yeah. a few years. Well, they're and kind that of just transforms. Yeah, you they're know, vinyls, the space, and so. you can take the vinyls down sometimes as well, and you can exactly. replace them. Yeah. Uh, biophilia, which uh, sounds, <laughs> sounds a bit weird. What is it, and how is it impacting office design? So biophilia, it's a human-centered approach aimed at improving our connection with nature. So, you know, we we try to bring in planting and um, it might even be imagery of nature and all these things reduce stress and improve productivity, apparently. Um, So like 90% of Irish people spend their time indoors. So, you know, we're trying to bring uh, that connection with nature in as much as we can. Mm. Um, you know. And it's a good idea because it, it, it just makes it feel less oppressive when you're in an office environment. Fanula, are you ever happy at home? Because when you're you're going <laughs> and you're designing these lovely offices and you've got money in a budget and you go off and do it and then you come home and you look at the flock wallpaper you're going, God, Fanula, what can I do with that corner? <laughs> do, is it frustrating as, as a designer? Uh, well, you know, I'm always tipping away at home, you know, doing bits and pieces and... Uh, Actually, more recently, probably because of the plants in the offices and stuff, I've started bringing plants into my house, and it's lovely. You know, it is. It's you're always learning. You know, and you're always developing uh, ideas. So, yeah. uh, know, I think as a designer, there's a lot you to can't be, help that. Yeah, you know? Not to be said for a rubber plant in the corner. Uh, they 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 last <laughs> no matter how bad you are at looking after them. Fadula Lennon, good luck with uh, that award. You were nominated for the SBID Thank International you. Design Awards for Logitech's office in Mahan. Fadula Lennon of Wilson Architecture. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Take care. Are you a bit like me? You go to a big event like the National Ploughing Championships or something and then you completely forget where you park your car and then you spend ages wandering around a field looking for it. It actually happens to me in multi-storey car parks all the time. I'm distracted getting out of the car and then I come back and I've honestly lost 15 minutes trying to find the car. Well, MTU graduate Andy Kinsler is the man who has a solution for me. He has co-founded Travella Solutions, which offers people an interactive guide platform for visitor attractions, including a Find My Car feature. Andy, uh, you you couldn't have come at a better time for me uh, because this is happening more and more as I'm getting older. How does the technology work? 
we've taken the the, the plowing uh, architect's map and overlaid it with GPS. So when the visitor arrives um, on site, parks their car, they simply uh, hit their location button and then drop a pin where their car is. So uh, they can then wander away to the event, uh, spend the whole day doing uh, all the fun things that are that are programmed for uh, for the event, and then find their way directly back to their car. There is a human science involved in all this, you know, and they do their very best to put things like, you know, you're in the pink pig car park uh, and you're in row 64. But of course, you're inevitably going to forget that and you end up in the blue bull car park and you're wandering around for ages. So is it as simple as like dropping a pin on your phone? It is. So you, you with with GPS, you can navigate your way from your car to the event, around the event, find... Um, uh, any one of the uh, 1,700 exhibitors that are there, or indeed the, the plowing competitions, which are a, a key part of the whole event, you can find your way to those and then uh, navigate your way directly back to your car. So the only pin in the car park is where your car is. And even if you're standing in a field of 2,000 cars, you can walk directly to yours. Now, you can argue that there is technology out there. The more modern cars will kind of tell you where they are. There's an app, for example, that'll say, I'm parked here. Sometimes the maps aren't great. But the, the clever part of this is you're getting the interactive map of the of the events that you're going to as well. So you're kind of, you're signing up for the day to this app and it looks after every bit of your navigation needs you really need to embed yourselves with the organizers don't you yes absolutely so uh, yesterday was uh, was the, the, the launch of the event um uh, uh which is to, starts two weeks uh, uh from, from yesterday so uh, full engagement with the uh, national plowing association with uh, you know getting all of the information together from the exhibitors um uh, the full layout of of the site which is is really quite enormous i have to say um so uh, it would have been bad if I couldn't find my way to the to the event yesterday, knowing, <laughs> knowing that we had developed uh, the map. So everyone arrived on time, and uh, uh, it was a good launch. And you have to ask a question: um, Have you ever been to the Blowing Championships, or is is this going to be your first time? This is going to be my first time. Okay, you're, you're, uh, indeed, but I'm looking forward to your it. Your mind is going to be blown because it is just vast at this huge expanse in a field in, in Leash and inevitably you're going to get lost uh, somewhere along the way. Can you kind of tell other people where you are on the site using the app as well or are there GDPR concerns with that? Yeah, there's, you know, what there is a search function. So um, if, if someone is looking specifically for uh, a, a particular exhibitor, they can put in a search function and it will show them approximately where they are. Yeah, so the old classic is, I'll meet you, so outside, no... I'll meet you outside the Lidl tent. Where is the Lidl tent? That is going to be solved by this app as well. Um, so look, it's, it's yes, brilliant and, and presumably people are going to be directed towards it by the ploughing organisers when they buy their tickets. Is that it? Yeah, so this will be circulated a, a week in advance. It is, uh, it's live now, but it will be uh, officially sent out next week so that people can have it. Uh, in advance so they know where, where to park the car, uh, find your way there and back. So, yes, indeed. One of the best interactive guides you can get in Cork is uh, from our own Lord Mayor, Councillor Kieran McCarthy, who is a historian who will bring you uh, right around the city and tell you every little bit of history behind uh, medieval walls and where the Vikings were and where fellas were murdered in the 14th century. Uh, but you've done a bit of work with him as well, including for Heritage Week. How, how did that go? Yeah, so I, I, you know, that was uh, was great to work with uh, the Lord Mayor on on, on those uh, projects. So they are they are their lives. So he had already 
And this is part of the, the, the other side of what we do is it's um, an editor studio that we've created that uh, makes it possible for anyone to create these guides or certainly third parties uh, in, in the simple drag and drop process. So the Lord Mayor already had all of that content created uh, for, for um, Heritage Week and for uh, you know, the Harbour Festival and so on. So we just worked with them to uh, um, pull that together into a, a self-guide tour around town that's now available uh, for anyone. You worked with the New Frontiers programme at MTU. I can see there is a, a commercial draw to this, but w- what makes it different, um, Andy, from an app, uh, any organiser saying, well, yeah, I like the idea, got to do it myself, though. I'll just rip off Andy's idea. W- where do you bring the unique element? So I think the, the, the first, uh, the, the key part was to make sure that people would use Uses it so we, we developed some um, some guides manually and uh, we, we could show that seventy five percent of of visitors to an unattended site use the guide so that's the first thing is engagement and I can tell you you can develop an app um, on from the you know put it on the app store or, or Google Play and the number of downloads anyone can search on there and see that they're pretty miserable so uh, you know. There, you can spend a lot of money on developing native apps, but uh, ours is what's called a progressive web application, um, which the same guide works uh, for both uh, uh, Apple and for Android. It's scan and go. So one thing the pandemic has done has has, um, made everyone familiar with QR codes. So uh, now when they see a a QR code at an entrance for self-guided tour, it's just scan and go. Um, then the analytics can help um, visitor attractions uh, continuously improve the performance of, of their product offerings. So it's a very competitive business out there. Mm. So for one, it is, it's a no-code drag-and-drop process to create the guides. And then we're, we're, uh, you know, we are sure and we can show that people will use them. Yeah, and then that information they can use to continuously improve uh, their product offering. Well, it's it's a hell of a test bed. Two hundred thousand people at the Blowing Championships who are going to be getting used to it. Uh, uh, the best of luck with it, Andy. And uh, here's looking forward to hearing more from Travella Solutions in the months and years ahead. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Wonderful. Thank you, Jonathan. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget Red Business in Focus with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices is also available now from redfm.ie. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we will catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.